0: Thanks for tuning in to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier.
1: We're psychotherapists and the founders of Soul Shepherding, a ministry to pastors and all kinds of people.
0: The Lord Jesus smiles to you. Come to me and I will give you rest for your soul.
1: But maybe you're too busy or stressed. If so, not only are you missing God's peace, but also His power for loving and leading.
0: So we're doing a series on rest. We're so glad you've joined our conversation with Christ, our master, soul shepherd, and friend.
1: Today on Soul Talks, we're continuing our series on rest, pray and play with Jesus.
0: Did you say play?
1: I said play.
0: That's kind of surprising.
1: I love the concept that we would pray and play with Jesus. I learned it from Eugene Peterson years ago, and that's his explanation of what Sabbath is.
0: That's great.
1: Yeah, it's how it's a surprising connection between praying and playing. That When we're praying at our best, we're going to be playful about that. There's going to be a spirit of adventure and discovery and uh, enjoyment and uh, spontaneity. Mm. Uh, That's also true of our work. When we're doing our best work, it's going to be like that. And when we are at our best in play and enjoying the moment, we're going to have a sense of God consciousness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So when when talking about Sabbath rest, we want to keep praying and playing together.
0: Yeah, that's important to be intentional about the play.
1: And you you like seeing me do that?
0: I do. I very much do. Yeah, <laughs> I can like a I, lot.
1: I can be pretty serious and hardworking, yeah. and uh, sometimes that's
0: and responsible. Yeah.
1: There can be some heaviness with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I've always been gravitated to uh, people who are fun and uh, exude with happiness and spontaneity. Uh, it was only in, in more recent years, the last uh, seven years or so, that we've learned the Enneagram and discovered that, oh, as a myself as a one who's a teacher and uh, tends towards perfectionism and so forth, that uh, my growth point is to learn from the strengths of seven which are very playful and happiness and uh, give people joy. Uh, but uh, intuitively, I was doing that way back in high school. I just found myself really gravitated towards those kind of people because they ba- they balance me out.
0: They do. And it's always fun to see you with children, too, because the playfulness in you comes out when you're around children.
1: Yeah, children are such a gift to us in that way, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's no surprise when we really think about it that Jesus would have said, the kingdom of the heavens belongs to the children and the childlike. We need to learn from the children. And it's so easy for us to, to miss that if we don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we often talk with pastors and other leaders who are type A, and they're, they're drivers, and they're careful thinkers and students like me, and so they they need to learn this lesson, and uh, we can be like the, the disciples who thought that Jesus was too busy for the children. And so when the mothers brought the children to Jesus, the disciples tried to shoo them away and said, "You know, look, he's, he's got more important things to do. He's preparing for a sermon or he's discipling these people, sick people that need healing. And Jesus saw them sending the parents and the kids away and said, oh, no, no, bring the little children to me. And you can just see this big smile and his arms open and his exuberance to bring the children, put them on his lap and play with them, wrestle around with them, tell them a story, laugh and joke and tickle, and uh, he's enjoying those kids.
0: Well, it's really important, honey, because the way we perceive God and the way we experience God really has an impact on how we pray and play.
1: Yeah, our image of God is huge. I did my dissertation on that when I got my PhD in psychology, because it's it's really the most important thing about us psychologically and spiritually, is how do we view God? Mm
0: Mm-hmm very important, it has such a great effect. And if I think that God is wanting me to be productive all the time and is expecting me to earn his favor, then I'm not going to rest or play.
1: Yeah, we, we get ourselves working at the spiritual life and mm-hmm. working at our ministry in ways that are over-the-top earnest mm-hmm. and start to suck the life out of us and mm-hmm. the people around us. Yes. It was a big lesson to me when I began to see that wow, the attitude, the spirit, the disposition that I have, it affects, as as a father, it affects my whole home. My kids are feeding off of that energy or lack of energy, my positivity or lack of it, my playfulness or my perfectionism. Whatever that spirit is, it's affecting the home. And then seeing that years ago when I was uh, leading a lay counseling center in a church uh, in a pastoral role, and uh, in a spiritual formation role and seeing that the whole, all the staff, 400 volunteers that uh, are under me and I'm teaching, they're feeding off my demeanor. Mm-hmm. And that's like more important than these great ideas I want to teach them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> It's like what really makes a difference is do, do I remember their name? Do I look them in the eye? Do I greet them? Do I hug them? Mm-hmm. You know, do I care for them? Can we laugh together? Do I hang out with them? that personal relating, that's what facilitates the ministry.
0: Yeah, it really does. And it's the same for us with God. If we feel anxious around God, like we've got to be pleasing him all the time, we're not really going to relax and and rest or play. And I think that there is a key here in how we see God. And it was key for me when I learned that Jesus wanted to play with me. And, Mm -hmm. And he took delight in playing with me. I remember being at the beach with our kids one summer. And I was just delighting in watching them play in the ocean. Just it was such a delight to me, and such a joy to me. And I sensed God saying to me, "Christy, just as you're delighting in your kids having fun and playing, I delight in you when you play, and I want you to rest and play." And it was like He issued this invitation to me to play with Him.
1: Yeah, one of those stories. Our, our oldest David, uh, I think he was, I don't know, maybe f- four years old or so, and we were at the beach, and he was afraid of the waves. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think this uh, really illustrates what we're talking about, that the the Lord inspired me to help him battle the waves. And so there was actually a serious lesson that I wanted to teach him. I wanted to help him not be afraid and help him discover that he could take courage and have confidence and deal with the waves. But we did it in a fun way. Mm -hmm. And so I got him, I recruited him, let's let's find some sticks. And these sticks are swords and we're warriors and we're going to go fight those waves. There's some mean waves out there. We're going to go get them. And uh, so you hold my hand, and we're going to go attack those waves, and we're going to beat them back. And so then as the waves would come in, we would run away from them and go, ah! <laughs> and and w- with great fun, but yeah. like we're scared, because yeah. they are bad waves out there. And then as they would go back into the ocean, we would go chasing after them and go, we're getting you. Get out of here, you bad waves. We don't care about you. We don't, you're not going to hurt us. And we'd go back and forth and having so much fun doing that. And he wasn't afraid of the waves anymore.
0: Yeah, he surfs now yeah. <laughs> and he plays in the waves. So thank you for that. Yeah.
1: So the work of fathering happened in the context of play.
0: Yes. And that is an, a helpful way. And sometimes we don't necessarily have to have children in our lives to play. We found that um, when we're with people, and we're leading them on retreats and we encourage them to go out into time of solitude and silence and rest. One of the things we say is play, play with Jesus. Jesus wants to play with you. And oftentimes, you know, there aren't any children around, but they'll play on a playground or swing on a swing. It takes them right back to being a a child again. And they're able to see Jesus smiling at them and delighting in them. It can be so healing. And then they come back into the community and they're just so joyous and alive and connective.
1: Yeah, we've done some crazy things in our soul shepherding week-long retreats. We've skipped around the room, everybody together, like we're all the Pied Piper and laughing and singing out, I'm the disciple Jesus loves and stuff like that. And uh, we've done uh, all sorts of like meditations with different gospel scenes where Jesus is doing funny things that make you laugh, like go catch the fish and get a little bit of coin in its mouth and just crazy stuff like that. And it's really good to see people enjoying the Lord, enjoying being in community and just relaxing, you know, Mm -hmm. because we're, we're all working so hard in our churches and yeah. our jobs and our responsibilities and trying to serve the Lord and help people, and, which is, is so important. But if uh, we lose the adventure and, and the fun of that, yeah. it, it, that's not a good thing, and it diminishes yeah. the effectiveness of the ministry. So we make a big deal about playing
0: We do in and our
1: soul shepherding retreats.
0: I'm thinking of our, our board member, Papa Joe. Uh, Joe yeah, Johnson, he, he he's that. he's on our board and he's been great with that. And part of his Heart of the Father ministry is that, and taking that into healing prayer even, because that, that's an example of play being healing and playing with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he leads meditations on that. And we've gotten to do that on our, our retreats too. And it, it's just such a, a gift. And it's so important to rest because. There's a difference kind of, if you look at kids playing, or I think about how I played as a kid, there's this fine line between play and work. Mm -hmm. It's like, I would be playing kitchen, and our kids played kitchen. And now, when I'm in the kitchen, it feels like work. Hmm. But there's times when we're away on sabbatical, or it's a Sabbath, and I'm at rest, and I'm present to the Lord. And I'm able to play in the kitchen again. And it, it, there's a fine line there because it's like what makes the difference is being present to God and being present in the moment and being free of any sense of responsibility or productivity or any in goal, but just be free to experiment with the ingredients, with the tools. It's a lot easier for me if we're away and it's somebody else's kitchen. I've yeah. noticed yeah. <laughs> than if we're at home. Because there's like new toys to play with in their kitchen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's the challenge when it's our home, our family, our work, our church, our ministry. We have a sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. about that, which is a Mm -hmm. good thing, but we can uh, lose touch with the reality. No, no, Jesus is the leader, and that's a really important thing that I remind myself of all the time and uh, lead men and women in ministry and different ways of conversation and meditation to just, to really just. Saturate our thinking and our prayerfulness in appreciating that no, in this role that I serve in, Jesus is the leader and he is shining in glory and he's smiling as he does it. He's got a joy about him because he's in the father and son intimacies and knowledge. He's in the kingdom of God. And as Paul taught us, the kingdom of God is a, a reign of, of righteousness, peace, and joy, mm. joy, happiness in the Lord. And see, so we need that. And I can tell when I'm slipping out of that sense of the Lord's presence, when I'm I'm losing my joy and need to get back in sync, back in tune with the joy giver, because that's when we're going to be our most effective in ministry, is when people know that we're glad to see them and we're enjoying the moment of being with them. Even when we're doing some some serious work, even in, in stress and in conflict, we would hope that we would not be so, Consumed with the work of that, the, the seriousness of that, the problem that we're dealing with, but there would be some sense of, of nourishment and peace and enjoyment. Uh, that the Lord is near, as Paul says in Philippians four, the Lord is near. That's why we can rejoice in trials and and have peace in difficulties.
0: So, honey, as you've practiced this playing and praying as part of rest, what have been some of the benefits that you've noticed?
1: Yeah, well, you know, play is an amazing thing, the way it, uh, first of all, just rejuvenates us in the Lord. You know, it's a natural thing that in the course of daily life, especially the the stress of ministry, that we we start to uh, get tired. People draw on us, even Jesus experienced mm-hmm. power coming out from him as the woman uh, with issue of blood, 12-year uh, suffering disease, reached out to him and touched him with faith and was healed. He felt a draw out of him in power, and that's what we experience when we lead a Bible study, when we care for somebody who's hurting, when uh, you lead your staff in a meeting, these sorts of things, so we need to be rejuvenated. We need to do things that are fun, so I do things like taking prayer walks around the lake. Uh, You mentioned, you know, playing with kids. We were with our nephews and little niece the other day, and that was so much fun to just play with them, and uh, I was so happy a little Tanner says, Oh, we're gonna see Uncle Bill. Yes, I gotta play with him. Yep.
0: <laughs> he knows to expect play with you. And that I think Jesus would want us to think that way about him.
1: Yes. Uh, amen. Preach it, sister.
0: <laughs> Looking forward to being with him and playing with him.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: And one so, of the things I enjoy about playing is playing with our cat. Charlie and, you know, our, our previous cat, Little Kitty, even would, when she wanted to play, she would go over to the string hanging from the couch and she'd look at the string and she'd look at me and she'd look at the string and she'd look at me because she wanted to play. Yeah. And so we should look to God like that too sometimes, like, well, let's play, Lord, and anticipate that.
1: Yeah. So play re- replenishes us and revives us and it bonds us with people. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, one when of I my. I feel
0: close to you when we play.
1: Uh huh. Well, yeah. We love to. Spent some time at Disneyland together, especially when our, we were raising our kids. We would Passes were a lot cheaper back then, but every other year we got passes. And we just had so much fun as a family, just uh, going to the parades and going on rides together and having adventures and bringing little snacks and eating them while we're in line. And uh, yeah, it's so this, important.
0: This last summer when we were driving my brother-in-law and sister's car, from Washington to California for them as they were moving, we played. We stopped and we ran on the sand dunes and we explored some new forests and it was fun. It was bonding for us. It was good for our marriage. It was it was rejuvenating for us.
1: Yeah. And people in our ministry feel that when we play with them, when we make it fun, mm-hmm. the the small group or the, the meeting that we're leading or the church service, we want to exude with that joy. We want people to know that we're glad you're here. We're glad to be together. And we want to rejoice in the Lord together.
0: My favorite benefit of play that you helped me to identify that I hadn't ever thought of, and it was such a surprise, I thought it's so true, is you said, play shows how stupid sin is. Yeah. (laughs) I thought, oh, that's great. That's so true.
1: Yeah, when we're struggling with any sort of a sin, uh, it shows that we're not satisfied in the Lord. We're not uh, truly uh, enjoying his presence, and we're not like that bee buzzing around the flower, as uh, Jean Guyon talks about in the great classic. Experiencing the depths of Jesus Christ, uh, and she says that's what scripture meditation is meant to be like. That we're just drawn up sweet nourishment from the Word of the Lord. Uh, when we're struggling with sin and very shortcomings in our life, it just shows that we're not nourishing ourselves. We're not finding the sweetness in the Lord. We're feeling like we're missing out on something. We're not maybe thinking of it that We're not realizing that. But we're going to something over here on the side mm-hmm. to take care of ourself in a way that actually is uh, disconnecting from God and it's hurtful to other people. And so, yeah, I think that true play is w- the way that we're talking about it, playing with the Lord. Holy Sabbath play that shows up sin for how dumb it is. Yeah, the, yeah it is. You know, you might say, well, why did Jesus not sin? Well, one Answer, sort of a theological one, is like, well, he couldn't. He was the son of God. He was perfect. It's like, that's actually not a very good answer, even though it's true. Jesus didn't sin because he knew how stupid it was. He knew that there's nothing good in that. That's not going to bless me. It's not going to bless anybody else. And it's going to love God. I'm not going to disconnect from my father. Guess what sin is? We think about sin as though it's bad things that we do. But at a deeper level, sin is rejecting God's loving rule in our life. And Jesus was too smart to ever do that.
0: That's such an important point, honey. So helpful for us to remember that because it restores Jesus to the point of respect that he deserves instead of so often we just kind of diminish him into, well, he was special or, you know, he had it easy or something like that. And and yet he wants that for us, too. He wants us to be too smart to sin.
1: And he shows us the way, yeah, which is one yes. of the really important emphases that we bring in our ministry, whether it's in our Easy yoke book or in the uh, soul shepherding retreats that we lead, the when we meet with men and women in ministry, the groups that we lead and so forth, we're always trying together to press into those father and son intimacies mm-hmm. and to see that our Lord and Savior, the Son of God, is also the Son of Man. He, he's a human being and he's tempted and tried in every way that we are. He understands, as Hebrews says, he's our great high priest. He understands our weaknesses and our needs and our struggles and he shows us the way. He says, come with me, take my yoke upon you. And he's saying, look, I've been in this yoke with the Father since I was a little boy. I have been learning to walk with the Father, and to listen to him, and to be submitted to him, and and to be about my Father's business, doing what he is doing. And it's good. I'm enjoying myself, I'm being taken care of, and I've got lots of love to share with people, and I've got an easy way of doing hard things Come with me, watch me, watch how I do it. And then we just watch Jesus in all sorts of the pressures of and burdens of ministry. We see him in difficulties of, of conflict and in many situations of where he's being mistreated and, and trials he's going through, and of course the ultimate being the cross. But in all of this, he's in this easy yoke, this special bond. That's what a yoke is. It's an attachment. And he's pressing into that intimacy with the Father, and that's where we want to be.
0: It is. And that's where he wants us to be. He wants us to engage with him, to play with him. One of the pastors that I've gotten to know through Soul Shepherding, well, she was on her sabbatical, and she was on the grounds in a beautiful place, but it was it was private. Nobody was around. And she found herself starting to just dance, just express herself. And just she entered into a period of rest here, and now the creativity coming, mm. the expression, the ease in the moment. And then she just, she had a vision of Jesus coming and dancing with her. And it was a beautiful vision of him dancing with her at all different ages, you know, going down to a little girl and even a baby holding. It was a very healing, special experience that God gave her there in that moment of play and pray.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's such a good story. I'm thinking of a pastor I worked with recently uh, just to protect him. I can't use his name. I'll call him Chet. but. Chet, I really hope that you're listening in on this. It was uh, such a blessing for me to be able to coach you and your sabbatical work. And uh, one of the things that I said to Chet was I helped him look at his Enneagram profile. We often use the Enneagram in our care and, and coaching of men and women in ministry. And uh, Chet's an Enneagram 7. But the interesting thing is, is that he comes across in many ways more like a one, more like a perfectionist mm. struggling with burdens and heaviness of life and uh, pressures of pastoral ministry. and being weighed down by all of that and struggling yeah. with some resentments because in the um, in the Enneagram understanding what the the playful, happy seven does is they will respond to stress by going into perfectionism. And so I was, I was like marveling, like, wow, there's there's like more seven in me than there is in him in my experience and my conversations with him. So Chet, I was uh, really uh, helping him with his sabbatical. Well, you, you need some time to play with the Lord and rediscover your personality and really just flourish in the Lord's loving presence and joy. And so let's not let this sabbatical be too earnest about all the things that you need to learn and all the scriptures you need to meditate on and all the questions that you need to ask and all the ways you need to hear the Lord's voice. And yeah, that's all true, but that's secondary stuff. We need to help you just enjoy the Lord Jesus who is your friend. And so what would you like to do with him? You're going to be with your best friend. What would be fun for you? And so he came up with camping and doing some rock climbing and just seeing what emerged there and then doing some journaling and just sort of writing down his experiences. And so leaning into that play, that's what was renewing for him. And that's what the Lord wanted for him. The work that needs to be done, and even in a sabbatical context or a retreat context, where you might say well there's something that needs to be accomplished here i need to hear the lord's voice i need to discern this or that or i need to learn this situation here i need to learn something in this the best way to accomplish that is going to be through enjoyment and spontaneity and adventure and uh, relaxing into the lord's presence and so that's why it's so important that all of us we pray and play with jesus and bring that spirit of making every effort to enter God's rest, bring that into our work and our responsibilities.
0: Jesus, we do pray and ask that you would help us to behold your smile and your invitation to come intimately to you and to play, to relax, to express ourselves, to enjoy the good things you've given us. Pray this for each of our listeners, that they would respond to your invitation to play this week. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: When Christy and I were given a sabbatical a couple of years ago, we had resistance we had to overcome.
0: We've seen this also in pastors and ministry leaders who have sought our help for sabbatical planning and counseling.
1: Out of our experience, we created a sabbatical guide for pastors. We thank God that in just over one year, it has been used by over 10,000 people.
0: We're really excited about this resource. We've updated it and turned it into a booklet that you can give to a pastor who needs a season of rest and renewal.
1: You can order this sabbatical guide on soulshepherding.org.